Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Nelson, and in today's study of Isaiah 26, 7-9, we're going to be taking a look at what believers' true desire is and how the way of the righteous is level. Today's readings are coming from the ESV. So Isaiah 26, 7-9 reads, The path of the righteous is level. You make level the way of the righteous. In the path of your judgments, O Lord, we wait for you. Your name and remembrance are the desire of our soul. My soul yearns for you in the night. My spirit within me earnestly seeks you. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. So today we are going to be looking at a few things. First, we need to see that the path of the righteous is level. The path of the righteous is level. This is an obvious theme from the text, but what exactly does Isaiah mean by level? What is the source of this road? How do we stay on it? These are questions I want to answer today. So before I do that though, I want to give an illustration to you to help you understand this level road. So think of driving on a one-way highway. So it's not really hard at all. At least in my experience, driving on one-way highways at night isn't difficult. And there are a lot of reasons for this. One is it's level. Steering, you really don't have to do that much steering. The way that they design the road is pretty flat. And they also, there's not much winding. If there are turns, they're generally pretty smooth, slow turns. So you don't have to worry about turns and not knowing where you're going. And that is the other thing. You know where you're going, where the end of that road is. If you're going to get lost, it's generally not on a highway. Generally, people get lost when they're on back roads. So a back road, on the other hand, is a road that's not level. You, As you're driving, you may feel like the unevenness of the road as you go. You may also, you probably aren't as sure where you're going, especially if it's your first time driving on that road. You don't know what's coming up ahead. You also have to watch out for what may come. You have to make sure that deer don't come on the road. You don't have warnings as much. Now, obviously, the roads in America do have um, warning signs, stuff like that, but they obviously can't tell you when exactly like a deer is going to jump out or stuff like that. And you also are much more likely to get lost. So that's kind of what Isaiah is getting at with this passage. So when Isaiah says that the path of the righteous is level, he is communicating a few things. On level paths, the righteous know where they are going. That is an important thing for us to understand. We know where we're going. We have confidence in the end result of our road. I say this all the time, but we need to remember 1 Corinthians 15. That is a passage that talks about the future glory of believers. So while Isaiah doesn't say that this road is easy, he shows that its end is certain. A highway isn't always easy. You don't know exactly who's going to be on the road. You may have foolish or intoxicated drivers doing stupid stuff, or there may be debris on the road, and you don't know that. However, we do know where the road is going. 
And this is the same with our lives. We don't know what circumstances are going to come. Heck, COVID is a great example of that. No one knew in February 2020 what was going to happen. However, we do, we still know the end result of believers' lives, and that is eternity with Christ. So, we also need to realize that the source of this path is from God. We've seen what this level path means. It means stability that is not not even rooted in circumstances, but that is rooted in knowing who makes this path, which is God, and that it's level. We know where we are going, know our end, and we also need to... I mentioned this earlier, know that the source of this path is from God. So notice in verse 2, the source of this path. Isaiah says, the path of your judgments, O Lord. Isaiah doesn't want us to miss this. This path isn't a self-help plan. Our path is given to us by God. So how do we find it? Well, I'm teaching, (laughs) teaching from it right now. That's right, the Bible. The Bible is the primary way that we stay on God's path. In addition to prayer, spending time in God's word is the only way that we'll know what God wants us to do. God has told us how we should order our lives, and he expects us to listen. God didn't speak, God didn't inspire the men who wrote the scriptures for nothing. He wants us to listen. Pay attention when he's talking. Think of presidential addresses. When the president talks, people listen. How much more true is it when God talks, and yet we just ignore him? We let his words collect dust on our shelves. Charles Spurgeon, he says it really strikingly. He says the dust on some men's Bibles is so much that you can spell damnation on it. And what he's trying to get at there is if we aren't opening that word, if we aren't spending time in God's word, then we are showing that we're not God's sons. If your dad talks to you, you're going to listen to him. And if you don't want to listen to God, your father, then we have to question whether you've been adopted. If you never spend time in God's word, there's a serious problem. You are not staying on that level path if you're not spending time in God's word. So, first today, we saw that the path of the righteous is level, what that means, and how we stay on it through God's word. Second today, we're going to see how believer's highest desire is God. Believer's highest desire is God. So, First, we're going to see what this means, that we desire God. Desiring God means that we seek to know him better. This is where theology and doxology, knowledge and emotion, have a marriage. And it's a beautiful and intimate relationship. These two are empty and dead on their own, theology and doxology. But together, they make people that this world isn't worthy of. Let me say that again. These two, theology and doxology, are empty and dead on their own. But together, they make people that this world 
isn't worthy of. So, first, we need to know who God is before we desire him. We need that theology. Our emotions and joy in God come as a result of knowing him. And we know God first by learning about him. We need to know who the God is that we serve. And then by knowing him personally, by being in fellowship and communion with him through prayer and obedience. We're not going to know God better if we don't talk with him. And we're not going to know God better if we constantly disobey him. The Bible is how we know about God, and prayer in faith is how we know him personally. And we can't have one without the other. And then after we know God, we desire him. Because when you know God, you can't help but desire him. Knowing who God is makes you want him. So another key aspect to this is that we desire God's glory to be known. Notice what Isaiah says in verse 8. Your name and remembrance are the desire of our soul. Our highest goal in this world has to be the glory of God. It's not America. It's not the Washington football team. It's not American Ninja Warrior. It's not even our family. Rather, our highest desire has to be God and making his glory known. As the Westminster Shorter Catechism, Catechism, I hope I said that right, famously declares, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So in conclusion, we've seen today that the path of the righteous is level and what that means and how we stay on that path. We also saw that our highest desire is God and for his name to be known. Thanks for listening to another episode of Adopted Believers Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out at our website, adoptedbelievers.com, for episodes and other resources. And like us on Facebook at Adopted Believers.